Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, June 13th, and we start with local news. 21 individuals charged with distributing substantial amounts of controlled substances in and around Murray County and Lewis County, Tennessee, have pleaded guilty to federal drug distribution charges, announced United States Attorney Henry C. Leventis. An indictment returned in December of 2021 charged the following individuals with conspiracy to distribute cocaine, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine between March of 2018 and September of 2019. Brandon Daly, 40, Henry Davis, 43, Vincent Connor, 38, Derek Nixon, 55, Shanika Odom, 32, Terry Strayhorn, 42, and Samuel Abernathy, 45, all of Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, along with Brent Burns, 39, and Tristan Tisby, 31, both of Columbia. In another indictment, Charles Lowe Kelly, 31, of Columbia, was charged with conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute and to distribute controlled substances including heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine, crack cocaine, and oxycodone between October of 2017 and November of 2020. A third indictment charged Kedrick Duke, 41, of Columbia, with distribution of crack cocaine in November of 2018. Every defendant charged across these three indictments has now pleaded guilty. Many of these defendants face mandatory minimum prison terms of 5, 10, or 15 years and up to life in prison when they are sentenced later this year. This case is the result of a multi-agency investigation conducted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Drug Enforcement Administration, the Columbia Police Department, the Hohenwald Police Department, the Spring Hill Police Department, and the Williamson County Sheriff's Department. Assistant U.S. Attorneys Robert S. Levine and Nani Gilkerson are prosecuting these cases. After more than two years of discussions, revisions, and consistent concerns expressed by the public, approval of the proposed 765-lot development off Trotwood Avenue will have to wait a little longer. The development, now known as the Old Zion PUD, or Planned Unit Development, went before Columbia City Council last week for its final vote, where it was met with a packed house of concerned residents, county commissioners, and public safety officers. The concerns weren't necessarily in regard to housing density or the development's proximity to Ribley Park, but rather how it would affect traffic on Trotwood Avenue. The old Zion PUD appeared under six separate ordinances, which included requests for annexation, rezoning, and approval that it could be designed as a planned unit development rather than a traditional neighborhood or subdivision. A planned unit development is typically designated for developments that include more than just housing and associated amenities, which can involve special code requirements and regulations to follow. Approval of these requests would not mean approval of construction. The PUD would then have to then enter the preliminary engineering and design phases, which would require additional approvals by the city's planning commission and council per each phase of the estimated 10-year project. Prior to the council's vote, Thursday's meeting began with six public hearings regarding the six proposed ordinances. This included many comments from county leaders, beginning with Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti. Trotwood just can't handle it, and we've been at our house out there since 1977, Previtti said. It used to be easy to get home, but with a lot of the growth spurts that have happened in the county over the past eight years, we are getting congested, he said. 
Pravitti added that the plan states that the Tennessee Department of Transportation may look into widening Trotwood sometime in the next 10 to 15 years, though he and many others believe that would be impossible, especially during the duration of this project's timeline, which is estimated to be about 10 years following final site plan approval. I don't think that's going to happen in our lifetime, period. It's just not feasible, feasibly possible because there is no right of way. You've got parking lots and places where businesses start, Pravitti said. I just think we are already full. In response to the increasing traffic concerns, one major portion of the proposed Old Zion Development's plan is to incorporate multiple traffic and roadway improvements. This includes installing four new stoplights along Trotwood, additional curb cuts, as well as improving the road shoulders and right-of-way at the portion of the road that fronts the neighborhood. There was also a proposed connection from the neighborhood to Yateman Lane, which was met with much pushback from nearby Ashwood Manor residents. After a brief discussion about the roadway concerns, Columbia Fire Chief Ty Cobb was called to the podium to weigh in on his concerns when it came to public safety and emergency vehicle access in the event of a roadway accident. In short, Cobb said he was not entirely in support of the project, as it stands, and that it would create more safety hazards on Trotwood for emergency responders who already have difficulty on the two-lane road. When you get to Ridley Park, the road really gets narrow, and there is only one only two feet of shoulder, and so it is harder for emergency vehicles to get around. If a vehicle is broken down, they'll be in the way of traffic, and that is a safety issue to me, Chief Cobb said. I think that needs to be addressed, and that public safety is a top priority, he said. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said he was taken aback by Cobb's comments, given it was the first time he had shared them with the council after all this time. Chief Cobb had previously submitted multiple plans of services addressing emergency response to incidents, but Cobb said the plan only referred to the development, not the road. If you had a concern about your ability to safely access emergency, that should be something considered in the report you provide to the Planning Commission and Council, which we are relying upon, Mayor Mulder told Chief Cobb. Now, on second consideration, you bring up a concern that we've yet to hear you express, he said. Councilmember Debbie Wiles said she commended Chief Cobb on sharing his opinion and that to keep in mind this all comes down to public safety for citizens and drivers. I commend Chief Ty Cobb for giving us his professional response about public safety, Wiles said. He bravely responded when called to point and I appreciate his service, she said. After more discussion about the fire chief's concerns, it was decided that it was too soon to approve the request. Vice Mayor Randy McBroom then motioned to defer the item to July in order to assess Cobb's comments, and now the developer plans to address them. I would not want to vote on it because I don't think it's fair to the developers, McBroom said. I know they don't want to hear it since this has been a two-year process, but I make a motion to defer. That's so the chief could tell us what he wants, the developer can show us what they are going to do, and then we can get back and really take a look at it, he said. Perhaps one of the biggest things an artist can achieve is validation for the work that they do, whether it is by fans, supporters, or in Mackie Kaler's case, Tennessee's state leadership. Kaler, a Memphis native, is the recent recipient of a proclamation and resolution presented by the Tennessee General Assembly for his contributions to the music industry as a Tennessee troubadour. Kaler, who operates his Southern Roots Radio Digital Network in downtown Columbia, said he had no idea when arriving at the state capitol on Monday, April 10th, that he would be receiving such a recognition. 
To him, he thought he was just invited to the state capitol to perform his song, Tennessee in My Dreams. What really resonated with me are two things. One, it designates me as a Tennessee troubadour, because I love Tennessee and wouldn't want to live anywhere else, Kaler said. And now I've just started to put together a Tennessee troubadour show, where I highlight each area of Tennessee musically, and also my music, he said. What's interesting is that Tennessee in My Dreams didn't exactly start as a tune which honored Kaler's love for the volunteer state. Originally, the song was called Louisiana in My Dreams, and I had it for several years and it got a decent amount of traction, Kaler said, but it wasn't resonating so much with me because I'm not from Louisiana. I've lived in Tennessee my whole life and it's my state, and I figured if I really want to reflect my art with what's in my soul, I want to change it, he said. After performing the song at Puckett's, Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt approached Kaler saying that the state needs to hear this song. And it just so happened the chairman of the Education Committee, John Lundberg, was a longtime fan. Kaler describes the experience as both humbling and inspiring. It's humbling because he was shown love by the state he has called home his whole life and is another achievement he doesn't take for granted. In addition to having undergone open-heart surgery earlier in life, Kaler suffered two strokes in 2019. It's something I think about every day, and I was thinking about it then that I'm not even supposed to be breathing right now, Kaler said. This little poor kid from Memphis standing up there at the state capitol was pretty emotional, but awesome. The most humbling part is having busted it in the trenches of Music Row for so many years, singing demos with some of the most amazing singers in the world, to even be considered for this kind of thing is truly shocking, he said. Kaler will now put it forward as a troubadour by continuing to develop his aforementioned Tennessee Troubadour show, which he hopes will become a multimedia variety of entertainment and performances showcasing each region's unique styles and influence, such as the Memphis Blues and Soul, Nashville Country, of course, as well as the Smoky Mountain influence of East Tennessee. Like a page out of a good southern book, it'll read from left to right, starting at the mighty Mississippi in Memphis where I grew up, and then into the classic Nashville stuff, and then touch on the Smokies of East Tennessee, Kaler said. And of course, he couldn't leave out his hometown of Columbia, or what he dubs the Mule Town Sound. However, the idea is still in the very early stages, he said. In the meantime, Kaler continues to build his Southern Roots radio brand, which now has an app for listeners to tune in on the go. Listeners can also access Southern Roots Radio online at www.southernrootsradio.com. The brand's programming also continues to grow, now featuring more shows, including a Visit Columbia Tourism Hour. The Southern Roots crew, which mainly consists of fellow host Brenda Lynn Allen and Jack Plant, has also been taking it to the road each month, visiting historic Tennessee sites, towns, and events. Some of these things are just falling in our lap, which is beautiful, Kaler said. Our goal, since we work with tourism a lot, is to represent our town well, whether we are in town or out of town. We've got a good team, and we're just doing our own thing, and it seems to really be gaining traction, he said. While residential and commercial developments continue to break ground across Murray County, coupled with a steady rise in population growth, the side effects can often create many issues for longtime residents. One of the issues many residents have sounded off about is that living in Murray County is becoming too expensive, especially for blue-collar workers, small business owners, and first-time home buyers. According to recent real estate reports, the average cost of a home 10 years ago might have been around $100,000 to $200,000. Now, the median price of a home in Murray County is approximately 
$400,000, according to an April report by the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors compiled by the Realtracks website. About 10 years ago, the average sale price was $167,000, and today the average sale price is $451,000. Robert Pogue of Town & Country Realtors of Columbia said about what he is currently experiencing, even in 2018, it was only 244000 and so you can see where the sale prices have gone. County Assessor Bobby Daniels said, while many home prices continue to increase in certain areas, the local market has become more competitive for sellers. Prices are still extremely high for out-in-the-county properties, while subdivision properties have become very competitive, Daniels said. So if there is any price decline, like 4 to 6%, it's in the developed subdivisions. They are having to compete for a buyer now, whereas a standalone house in the county is still selling at a premium, he said. Premium pricing is also steady for raw land, which is currently selling between fifteen dollars and $23,000 per acre, though Daniels added that in some cases developers are paying upwards of fifty dollars to $60,000 per acre. I find that interesting that our prices continue to be holding above the true market value for out in the county versus the internal subdivisions, Daniel said. Some might say that the trend holds true for many new residents seeking out Murray County for its rural environment. During a talk at the annual Farm City Breakfast in Columbia hosted by Murray Alliance, UT Ag Extension agent Daryl Ailshy stressed that green space draws many to the county. People come to Murray County for the green space. It's an asset to this county, he said. Daniels added that one trend he has seen over the years is that many people will purchase a home initially, then work their way to affording the premium rural properties. This can be tied to things like fatigue from overpopulation, traffic, and wishing to live in a more rural open landscape, he said. And while these premium prices might continue to force long-time or low-income housing residents out to more affordable communities such as Santa Fe, Cullioca, or Mount Pleasant, a recent study from Smart Asset named Murray County as the eighth wealthiest county in the state, with a median household income of $66,353. Over the years, many large residential developments have been approved and or are currently under construction, including some neighborhoods with upwards of 1,000 units. These developments are often met with pushback from nearby residents, whether it is the potential increase in traffic or public safety concerns. There's also the concern among homeowners about how nearby growth will affect their home's property value. Daniel said there really isn't a clear answer and that values are primarily determined by the market. When a neighborhood comes on board, they find their per square foot price point, and it will hold true to that unless there is a downtown in the downturn in the economy, Daniel said. When they start reselling is when we know what the effects might be. As the increase in home and property prices continue to show increases compared to yesteryear's market, there remains a need for affordable housing. Or rather, what used to be considered affordable in terms of homes for low-income families, retirees, and others who might have spent their whole lives in Murray County. While organizations like the Columbia Housing and Redevelopment Corporation have not only provided hundreds of affordable units, there remains a long wait list for anyone hoping to live in one. To Daniels, the definition of affordable might be a thing of the past, given the county's unprecedented growth over the last decade. It's very seldom in today's environment to find anything the average person would consider to be affordable housing, and that's based off how the rents are and the cost to build, Daniel said. An investor has to have some kind of return on investment, or it's something, or it's simply someone stepping up like the government or a private entity to subsidize it. 
That's really the only way we're going to see affordable housing, because it's just too expensive in Murray County to make those kinds of investments. But, like the real estate market itself, it could change at any time. The only thing that stays the same is that it doesn't stay the same, Pogue said. It's a very optimistic time, and I think things are positive for this area. The growth is positive, and I believe it's being managed as well as it can be, he said. The City of Columbia is pleased to announce the highly anticipated flag-raising ceremony to celebrate its first official city flag. The event will take place on Wednesday, June 14th at 8 a.m. at Columbia City Hall. The flag-raising ceremony marks an important milestone in Columbia's rich history as it proudly presents its very own city flag for the first time. The flag design represents the unity, heritage, and vibrant spirit of the city's residents, capturing the essence of Columbia's past, present, and future. During the ceremony, city officials and community members will come together to share in this momentous occasion. The program will feature speeches from city leaders, including City Mayor Chaz Mulder and flag designee Bryson Leach, highlighting the significance of the flag and its symbolism to the city's identity. The county looks, I'm sorry, the city looks forward to this event as we celebrate the raising of Columbia's first official city flag. Blood Assurance will be hosting its annual Donor Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at their location at 1412 Trotwood Avenue in Columbia. There will be food, music, and giveaways. To sign up, visit www.bloodassurance.org forward slash Columbia Donor Day. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Sharon Brown Bailey, 80, passed away peacefully on June 8th, surrounded by her family. Funeral services for Mrs. Bailey will be conducted on Tuesday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. Mrs. Ann Lindsay Baker, retired office administrator for Murray County Water System and a resident of Leoma, died Friday, June 9th at Southern Tennessee Regional Health Systems. Funeral services for Mrs. Baker will be conducted Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mrs. Sandra White Duggar, 80, retired unit secretary for Murray Regional Medical Center, died Friday, June 9th at Brookdale Assisted Living. Funeral services for Mrs. Duggar will be conducted on Wednesday at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Friendship Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 5 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Mrs. Patsy Gale Chumley Fox, 53, training and client specialist for 30 years for Tennessee Farm Bureau and a resident of Kalioka, died Friday, June 9th at St. Thomas West. Funeral services for Mrs. Fox will be conducted Thursday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Friendship Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. 
We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we'll have partly cloudy skies today with a high near 80 degrees. Winds will be out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect a few clouds with a stray shower or a thunderstorm possible. The low will be around 60 with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. 
Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Severe weather and rain did not dampen the 50th CMA Fest, even as stage sets were cut short due to lightning. Over the course of the four-day country music festival, more than 90,000 visited the stage shows and fanfare each day. And with four nights of shows at Nissan Stadium featuring artists like Miranda Lambert, Luke Bryan, and Keith Urban, CMA Fest organizers said the festival reached its largest stadium audience in history. The four nights of concerts featured capacities at Nissan Stadium of approximately 50,000 fans. Fans came from far and wide, from all 50 states and 51 international countries, to see country music's biggest acts and rising stars. The four-day event also raised $2.5 million for music education. A three-hour special of CMA Fest hosted by Dirks Bentley, L. King, and Lainey Wilson will air July 19th on ABC. What a weekend! As we've spent the past year reflecting on this milestone celebration, one theme has persisted, the incredible connection between country music fans and the artists. Sarah Trahern, CMA Chief Executive Officer, said in a release, It's magical because it still matters. After all these years, she said. One year ago today, Tennesseans were paying an average of $4.64 per gallon of gas, the highest recorded average price for the state. Fortunately, the gas prices have, fortunately, the gas prices seen across the state today are nowhere near the record highs of last year. Over the last week, Tennessee gas prices fell an average of four cents. The Tennessee gas price average is now three dollars and fourteen cents, which is two cents less expensive than one year ago, and a dollar fifty less than one year ago. We're still seeing quite a lot of volatility in gas prices across the country, but thankfully for us here in Tennessee, the fluctuations have been favorable for drivers, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. Even though summer hasn't officially begun, the driving season is off to a roaring start. Gasoline demand figures over the last few weeks have been stronger than what we saw at this time last year. Despite increased demand, it's likely that pump price increases could be held in check if the cost of crude oil remains low, she said. 17% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3. The lowest 10% of pump prices are $2.93. The highest 10%, $3.47. Tennessee is the fifth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. <laughs> 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. There are some big shows happening this week in Nashville if you're looking for some entertainment. Tonight, Duran Duran will be playing Bridgestone Arena. The icons of British music are continuing to perform to huge concert audiences around the world since the band first formed in 1980. Their career has seen more than 100 million record sales worldwide. Kristen Chenoweth will be at TPAC on Friday, June 16th at 8 p.m. Chenoweth is an Emmy and Tony award-winning actor and singer whose career spans film, TV, voiceover, and stage. And the band Styx will be playing at the Ryman Auditorium on Saturday, June 17th. With four decades of barn-burning chart hits, the Styx show is promising to be one to remember. Tickets for shows are available at Ticketmaster.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.